One man, one mission, to equip the Church of Jesus Christ in the power of the Holy Spirit and awaken the Church to the voice of the Spirit. David Cuppet brings to you the School of the Holy Spirit from one of his many missions from around the world, where he aligns with apostolic leaders to eradicate spiritual blindness and reveal the true authority of believers in Christ, to prophesy, heal the sick, raise the dead, and cleanse the lepers. Open your heart and get ready to receive all that the Holy Spirit has for you in this week's session of the School of the Holy Spirit. School is in session. All right, so um, so we're going to talk uh, really about, I think, your value system of the Holy Spirit. Um, how much expectation do you put in the Holy Spirit? If you are on a scale of 1 to 100, what's your expectation in need, in hearing, in being led by the Holy Spirit? 20%, 50%, 100%? 100%. 100%. Amen. I'm with you. 100%. I, try, I used to try to do it on my own. Right? <laughs> but, um, yeah, so Romans 8 says that the sons of God are led by the Spirit of God. Right? We have a lot of people trying to be Christians, but it's really not that complicated. Um, once people learn to hear and trust, then following becomes hopefully a normal life. Right? So a lot of you guys have been really on, the, on a journey of growing deeper with the Holy Spirit, right? And, the, and that journey ultimately should uh, lead you into trouble, not out of trouble. <laughs> Wait a minute, did I say that right? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I thought our life was supposed to be peachy keen and a whole lot of, you know, we're supposed to be extremely prosperous and it's just supposed to be an easy life. Oh, no, that's not really true, right? Um, the Lord actually, way back in Genesis 1, it says the, uh, the Lord hunted the darkness. He spoke into it, and He released His life and power into the dark place. So as you are being awakened as a son of God, um, you will be led into the darkest places of the earth, into bad situations where the Lord actually reveals His power through somebody who believes them, who believes the Lord, right? And so that takes a mind shift, right? A religious mind shift is, I wish this would just all go away. I wish, you know, everything would get easier. I wish, but my experience with the Holy Spirit is, um, you know, as the Lord, as the Lord um, grows your trust in Him, um, man, <laughs> Jesus likes to pick fights. That's, that's my revelation of the walk with Christ, is, is he, he awakens a man and a woman to believe. And when you believe, you grow in a strength that he goes, you, he goes with you, he leads you to go pick fights. And that's, I'm saying that in the context of where there's darkness, that was where the motto of Jesus was revealed, right? Isaiah 61, Spirit of the Lord God is upon me. To heal the brokenhearted, bring sight to the blind, set the captive free, release those who are bound in prison. So it's almost like this. It's like um, you're talking to your friend right on the phone. It's like, hey man, I got an awesome problem today. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm headed. I'm headed. I'm headed down to the inner city. The Lord sent me. To, sent me to the corner of uh, Ohio and Lexington, and He said there's going to be a man in a red shirt. Um, he's given me this assignment. I've got this amazing problem to go heal heal a crippled guy. But I saw it, but I got a vision, and this is my assignment for the day. I've got an awesome problem. And your friend says, like, I haven't I don't have a problem yet. You wanna come with me? Huh? You wanna come with me till the Lord gives you your problem that you're supposed to solve for the day? What if you had that mindset? Right? So this, mind, this mindset of um, expecting the impossible situation so that Jesus can take you into it to shift it, it requires you to literally drop your religious context of life and await for the power of the Holy Spirit to lead you to the next impossible thing. Amen? Amen. And so, um, you know, the context of... Um, 
you know, when you look at the book of Revelation, uh, a religious view of the book of Revelation is, oh my gosh, I hope I get, I hope I'm pre-trib. Right? <laughs> Come on, a lot of us religious people fall into, are you pre-trib, are you mid-trib, post-trib? You know what? I want to be there for the whole thing. Yeah. I want to be there for the whole thing because the, the Lord um, awakens people to do supernatural things uh, going into, into the darkest situation. And the reality is, you're either aligned in the anointing, which that's what the word Christ means, the anointing, right? So the book of Revelation is actually in a, the context of um, the Christ versus the Antichrist. There is no middle ground. You're, you're either, your mind is either set on the anointing or you're fearful, um, set in a theology or a, or a view that creates fear, um, hope I'm not here, anxiety, all that stuff with the book of Revelation because it's actually a war between Christ and the Antichrist, right? And so as you're awakened into the war, um, you will be led by the Holy Spirit to go pick fights. Who, who, who has He led you to go pick a fight with recently? Right? Who did He put on your heart? Who did He, who did he um, you know, what did He talk to you about in terms of uh, who needs help? Right? Um, and so this picture is this, ultimately ends up with this revelation that, oh my gosh, my life is about, is how, how do I create a place for the anointing to rest on me? Does my mind match the intent of the Lord? That's a, that's a, that's a very important question. Does my mind match the, the purpose of Christ, which is, all right, man, I, hey, man, I might, I might have a sickness to deal with for, for six months. I might personally be, um, maybe you lose your job. Maybe you have something stripped away from you. Um, but you know what? The pattern of Christ um, when Jesus was anointed in the power of the Holy Spirit, he w it says he was led to the wilderness by the Spirit of God. He faced, he faced Satan, and it says he came out of the wilderness in the power of the Holy Spirit. He was, his mind, in his heart, he was unified with the Spirit of God, right? And G Jesus said, I don't live by bread alone. I live by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. He, led by, he was led by the Spirit, all right? And so, um, is that, if I asked you the question, is that, is that the mindset that you sit in right now? What would your answer be? It's, a, it's an important question. Um, so, you guys, you, guys remember, um, you guys remember the riots three years ago? You know, the, you know, all the cities that suddenly, miraculously had supernatural riots, which doesn't happen unless they're orchestrated. But anyway, that's a different topic. Um, <laughs> and so, in the midst of all the riots breaking out across the country, um, my middle daughter called me, Cammie, she was at school at Bethel, and she's like, hey dad, let's go, let's go up to Portland. <laughs> and I'm, I'm thinking, girl, you are more, more wild than me. <laughs> And she's like, well, Sean Foyt's going to be up there, and they're doing all this stuff. And she goes, well, how about we go up there and we just, we just go on the street and see what the Lord does and see who, what He wants to do. I'm like, yes, Cammie, yes, let's do it. So I fly out to, I fly out to Portland, and uh, I get there. Uh, Cammie and my, um, my oldest daughter's husband, Derek, they uh, they drove up to Portland and they met me there, and um, so I flew in the night before, um, got a rental, um, was in my hotel in the morning, and um, I'm like, all right, Lord, what are we doing today? And the Lord gives me this picture. He gives me this vision of I see three young boys, three three young men, teenage well teen, teenagers, young twenty something year old kids. Um, I see them standing in front of a person that looks like they're witnessing to it to a to a young man. Okay, and so I notice that one one of the boys is blind, the other boy is deaf, and the other the third boy is holding a bird's nest and it's empty. Okay, 
And the next thing, the next thing uh, I see um, is there. It's like they're talking to this young man across the table from them, um, and this young man is blind. Okay, they're trying to open his eyes, but they can't open his eyes. Okay. And the next thing I see is I see uh, a dove come out of the sky and land in a bird nest. And when the dove landed in a bird nest, the blind kid's eyes opened, the deaf kid could hear, and as they spoke, the boy on the other side of the table from, from them, his eyes opened and they embraced. Okay? And I'm like, all right, well, let's, let's do it, right? Um, so the Lord was giving me this direction. So I get in the car, um, I drive down to down uh, to downtown, um, and man, I'll tell you what. What I saw uh, when I got there, I, I went to Pioneer Square, which is where the courthouse is, the where all the riots were, um, you know, on the street every night. And it, I mean, broken windows everywhere, uh, homeless people um, in tents up and down, um, and it was just it would look like a war zone. I, I was like, I couldn't believe this is America. I cannot believe this is America, okay? And so, I, uh, there's a Starbucks right there on Pioneer Square by the courthouse. I go in, I grab a coffee, because Cammie and Derek aren't going to be there for a while, and I sit down at, the, I sit down at this table, and I'm sitting there drinking my coffee, and lo and behold, I, I look up three young men, all carrying Bibles, walk up and there's a there's a there's a you could tell this kid that was they were approaching was a rider okay um he had he literally had a helmet on um it was like one of those helmets that those skateboarders wear he had a helmet on um he had he had he was dressed he had pads on man like this dude came to fight okay he's sitting he's sitting there um across from me at a table and I see these three young men walk up to this kid and I'm like, this can't be happening to me. Like, are you serious? Like, so literally a couple hours before I, I have this vision and, and I'm literally seeing this unfold in front of my eyes. And so I'm sitting there drinking my coffee and the Holy Spirit's just like, he's like, just just watch. I want, I want you to watch this. And so, I mean, these three, these three young men, man, they were on this kid. They were, they were, you know, they have their Bibles, or they're, they got their Bibles open, and I mean, they're trying to teach this guy to Jesus, right? And this, this kid, I mean, you can see this rider, like, um, I'm sure he was getting paid. I mean, he's, he's literally like, he's, he, he just checked out of work, um, and he's sitting there, and these kids are, you know, they're trying to, they're trying to talk to Jesus, talk to this guy about Jesus. And this continues on, and I'm watching, watching, and finally, like 30 minutes goes by, 45 minutes go by. I'm pretty much done with my coffee, and finally, the the riot the riot guy, he just got up and kind of went like that with him and, and walked off. Okay, and as soon as that happened, man, the Holy Spirit was like bingo right now. And so I walk over to these young men, start asking them questions, and I come to find out. You know they're in a uh, they they were in a church organization. You know hats off to them. They they felt the the call of the Lord to go witness Jesus. Um, and I start to, I start to talk to him about. I said I said you know why that guy, you know why you couldn't open that guy's eyes, is because you don't have the dove. You go what do you mean we don't have the dove? How do you know we don't have the dove? <laughs> <laughs> And so we start we start talking, and they said, "Well, we believe in Jesus, but we've never been baptized in the Holy Spirit. We don't we don't know even what that is." I and so I spent the next hour um, ministering to them about the Holy Spirit, and uh, guess what happened? Um, all of a sudden, my my daughter shows up with with Derek. So Derek starts to prophesy over these three young men, and. Um, the next thing you know, we start. We start. They, they're like, okay, we want, we want this Holy Spirit thing, okay? So these kids get baptized in the Holy Spirit in the middle of Pioneer Square, right where the riots were happening. They start praying in tongues. They're, they're, they're crying. They're weeping. They're like, why did we ever get this before, right? And, and um, it was just, it was wild, okay? It was, it was absolutely wild. Um, and, um, you know, from there we start walking down through Pioneer Square and we start ministering to people, we're praying for people. And we didn't know that we were being followed 
um, at this point. But uh, at that point, um, there was a guy apparently watching everything I was doing with these three young men. Okay, he was listening to everything, and he started following us through the city because he wanted what what they got. Okay, and um, so we we get to this part of uh, the the square or the backside of the the courthouse. Um, all the cop cars come flying open, fl flying up the street, um, because there's a naked woman standing in the street screaming and yelling, and you know she's protesting something and. I mean, it's just a mess, and we're, we're, just, we're just looking around like we're in shock that this was America, right? And um, I kind of I had a smile on my face, and I, I was like, what is this, right? What's going on? And um, all of a sudden, this, this, this young man comes flying out of nowhere, and he's, he, he's in me and Derek's face, and he's like, why are you laughing? That's my girlfriend. I thought you believed Jesus. I said, I wasn't laughing. I'm in shock of what, what I'm seeing. Um, he's, he's ready to tear my head off because he, know, he knows his girlfriend who's standing in the street naked that he can't help. Um, he knows she needs the Holy Spirit like those three kids just got. And um, within five minutes, this guy gets baptized in the Holy Spirit. He's praying in tongues in the, in the middle of the street in Portland. There's people all around us. People end up getting prayed for. People getting filled with the Holy Spirit um, on, on the street. Okay? And um, so the point, the point of this is, is this. The punchline the punch is, um, are you trying to witness Christ without your nest being full? Okay? Because if your nest isn't full, you're deaf and dumb, you're deaf, dumb and blind spiritually, right? Um, anybody can pull out a Bible and try to teach Jesus to people, but only the Spirit can reveal Jesus, right? Not only the Spirit. If you're led by the Spirit, if you're a Son of God led by the Spirit, then, you know, the supernatural power of heaven is literally released um, to, to, to the people, right? Um, and so... Um, how do you guys? How do you how do you relate to that story? Is that is that kind of like a, is that such a wild crazy story that you can't relate? Maybe you want to relate. Um, where are you at on the spectrum with respect to uh, how full is your nest? Is it full maybe in the morning once a week? <laughs> is it is it full maybe when you go to church on Sunday? Uh, maybe it's not full depending on where you go, but. Um, <laughs> um, where, where, where are you at in terms of realizing that unless that dove is resting on you, um, you're walking like a blind man. You're, you're walking. You can have the right intent all day long, but unless your mind um, expects and needs that dove to rest on you, um, then you're probably attempting... Even if you're doing the right thing, even if you're trying to testify, you can testify to a whole lot of people. If you're not led to testify to somebody because the Spirit of God wants to do something to a particular person because he's strategic, you know, how, you know where, where are you at in that spectrum? Because at the end of the day, um, until, until um, we don't even leave our prayer room, until that dove is in that nest, leading us with our, our eyes being open, our spiritual ears being open, um, all of us are to have stories like that, right? Um, so how's your prayer life? <laughs> so who, who here prays in, in tongues um, daily? About half of you? Daily. Daily? Maybe? <laughs> kind of up and down, um, you know. The gift, the gift of tongues is is really what makes you supernatural. And, is, and and if you begin setting your mind on hearing what the Lord is saying, the Lord promises that when you pray in the Spirit, right, you will get His vision. You will dream His dream. You will be led by the Spirit of God because you set your heart to hear the Lord. Right? You got to set your heart. You truly have to set your heart to, to hear the Lord. 
Amen? Amen. And so, you know, the, the, the Scripture truly points to this dove being something that we should, we should covet the dove. We need the dove. But how do you do life without the dove? Right? Jesus didn't even start His ministry until the dove landed on Him. Right? He goes, he, 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 t- he tells John the Baptist that, you know, you have to do this. You know, not me, Lord, yeah, you have to do it. He, he gets dunked. He comes, he comes up out of the water and the dove comes on him and boom. Right? Dove leads him into the wilderness, kicks Satan's butt in the wilderness, comes out everywhere he goes because the dove is resting on him and Jesus is led by the dove because Jesus and the dove are one, right? Everywhere Jesus goes, right? Healing the sick, casting out demons, raising the dead. Amen? Amen. So that picture is, all right, Holy Ghost, are you you resting on me? Right? Where are we going today? What are we going to do? Amen? So, um, you know, Paul Paul said it this way. Um, In in, uh, 1 Corinthians 14, um, he starts talking about your expectation and need to prophesy. Um, and, and then he goes on, do not forbid praying in tongues. So on the spectrum of your value system of praying in tongues, where are you at? Where, what, cause you're, cause your hearts, if your heart doesn't realize it needs this gifting, right? This gifting is not like an optional, like you're going to a car lot and, uh, whether or not you want air conditioning and, and power windows. Jesus actually told the disciples, right, don't leave the city. You can't do this without the dove. You're wasting your time, right? And that's actually, um, that's actually the, the curse that's over this nation um, is that you can have Jesus. You can, you can have something that's palatable and tolerable, because you can paint a picture of Jesus, you can make him look real nice and pretty, but when the power of the Holy Spirit shows up, it offends people, right? The Spirit of God truly offends people. It's supposed to offend people because it's supernatural, right? You can't, you can't be a, um, a supernatural Christian without the Holy Spirit. And the only way you, you are led by the Spirit of God is when you lay down your will so that the Holy Spirit will, will lead you. It's not my will, right? It's the Holy Spirit. Amen? But here's the deal. Um, I, I, think the, I think the Lord, a lot of you guys that started, you know, you, you got baptized in the Holy Spirit, what is it now, six, seven, eight months ago now? Um, September 2nd. September 2nd, some of you guys October, November, right? And so the Lord, the Lord, the Lord as He develops you, you're, even though you have an experience, your, your mind has to match the intent of Christ, which the intent of Christ was very simple. He submitted himself to the will of God. And how did he find the will of God? He went into prayer every, every night. He went into prayer, and he'd come out and say, all right, boys, we're going to the woman at the well. All right, boys, we're going to feed the 5,000. All right, boys, we're going to raise a dead man. All right, boys, right? So Jesus demonstrated the dove resting on him. So is your nest empty, or is the or or do, you, or do you literally call that bird in every day? I don't want to walk out of here deaf, dumb, and blind, Lord. Come on, where are we going? What are we doing? How's this going to work? I mean, think about how how the heck does the Lord give a guy a vision of three men witnessing to a person? Um, and you sit down, you go downtown at Pioneer Square, you get you get a coffee. And all of a sudden, it literally is is un, being unveiled. I mean, that's a setup. That's that's it's like the volleyball was like right there at the net, and all you have to do is, is pop it, right? I mean, it's a setup. I mean, I could. It's like almost I couldn't fail. Okay, I couldn't fail as long as I let the Lord do what He wanted to do. Amen. All right. So, so let's talk. Let's talk about. Um, when you guys gather together, how free is the Holy Spirit? How free was the Holy Spirit a year ago versus how free is the Holy Spirit now? 
how many of you guys started flowing in your gifts, right? Many of you guys started jumping into deliverance ministry. Many, many of you guys um, started doing things with the Holy Spirit that maybe you weren't awakened to, didn't even know there was a Holy Spirit, right? <laughs> I thought that was Jesus. No, Jesus is a little different than the Holy Spirit. So, um, right? So, so your expectation of wanting the dove, not only wanting the dove, but letting the dove be truly represented is a pretty big deal, right? Because the, the story I told you the Lord showed me three men with a Bible that couldn't convince a blind man to see. Right? Think about it. Three men in a Bible were deaf, dumb, and blind because they didn't have the dove. I don't care. I don't care if you're toting a. I don't care how big your Bible is. I don't care if it's like one of those big, ancient, you know, three hundred year old King James. It's like a rock, right? I got a big Bible. No, no. It is is your is your nest is the Holy Spirit present, right? Right? Is He showing you strategically who what's going to happen? Who's going to do this? Right? I mean, and so this becomes a big deal. So is is the Spirit of God present when you guys gather? Do you get? Do you expect the the the, the dove nest to be filled? Right? You want, do you do you make room for the dove to, to land, um, so that not only your eyes you're not functioning as a blind man, your intent to open the eyes of the blind, um, the spiritually blind, are real, right? And power is present to open their eyes. And so, um, years ago, um, when the Lord, uh, you know, the Lord led us, led Shelley and I out of the church. And, and, you know, I thought for years my calling was going to be as an evangelist. You know, I did all that work in India and, and, and all that stuff. Um, but after the Lord let me see um, and experience what it was like to follow Him into the unknown, He then took me back in to look at the church in America. And I used to weep. Like, I, I, I used to, like, tremble. I, I would profusely, like, just be undone at, at what the Lord would let me see with the common American church um, being powerless. And the blind people that walk in are in the same condition. They, they walk in blind, they walk out blind. Okay? So, as I'm, as I'm interceding and like, why are you showing me this, Lord? And, and ultimately, the Lord um, taking me to a revelation that He was calling me back into the church. Um... I was like, why? Why are you calling me back into the church, right? I, I, I couldn't wrap my mind around it because I was in this mixed um, feeling of being angry that they refused the Holy Spirit and then you're, you're actually, you want me to go into, into those places? Yeah, yeah, that's, that's why I made you the way I, I made you, right? Um, and so as I'm, as I'm going through this um, experience, this is years ago, um, the Lord showed me this vision. Um, and in, in this vision, well, I'm, I'm, I'm in a church. I'm in, the, I'm in the back of the sanctuary. I'm in a church. And um, I see the pastor. He's got the, whole, he's got the dove present, but the dove is in a cage. The dove has, has blinders on. The dove is actually chained inside the cage in case the door opens so it can't get out. And the pastor's parading the dove, the, the cage dove, in front of the people trying to present like he's got the Holy Spirit and you've got the Holy and you people because I've got the Holy Spirit and you've got the Holy Spirit. Yet the dove is caged. Okay? And um, in the vision, he calls up this little girl, this innocent little girl. Uh, he opens the door, lets the dove climb out. Um, again, reasserting the, 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 the chain uh, that chains the dove so it can't fly. Its wings are clipped. Um, and so this misrepresentation of the dove is actually presented to the people. And the next thing the Lord shows me is He swings me around to look at the people 
and there's demons crawling all over the people, okay? And and the the uh, the hands of the demons are like transparent, but they're dark and they they're they're over the eyes of the people. So the people think they're seeing clearly, but they're actually seeing through the darkness. Okay? And so I'm like in the middle of this experience with the Lord, um, I'm like buckled over with this anguish and pain for this dove that was actually sent to deliver and heal the body, but it's actually chained, confined, and limited, yet being presented in some fashion. Okay? And so, the, and so the next thing that happens, I'm, I'm in the back of the church, the next thing that happens, Jesus puts his arm around me. I'm like, I didn't know you were here, man, right? And, and uh, he walks me up to the front of the church, moves the pastor out of the way, and puts me in charge of opening that birdcage, taking the clips off its wings, taking the, taking the chains off of it, taking the blinds off of it, and letting that dove fly, flee, fly freely in the church. And that dove begins to, to fly around the, the sanctuary and it lands in the pulpit. And when it lands in the pulpit, it, its wings suddenly go, Woof, and it turns into an eagle. Okay? And this eagle, this eagle's wings, it, like the power of this eagle's wings, it, like they grow like the width of the sanctuary. And this eagle's wings, just in one fell swoop of a wave of wind, goes through the sanctuary and blows these demons right off the people. And the people can see and they fall on their face and they begin to worship. They can see God for who He is because the dove was let out of the cage. Okay? And this is it's a picture. Okay, that's, that's, that's the end of it. The point, the point of it is this. And, you know, there's a lot of Scripture can, that can explain the vision. But the dove, when the, when the dove is misrepresented... Um, the demonic powers that keep people deaf, dumb, and blind spiritually, uh, that keep people depressed and sick and bound and broken and unable and unqualified. And um, the point the point of church is not for people to, to just sit in a pew. The point of church is that the dove flies so free that all the gifts of the spirit from the stage, from a pulpit, literally are released. And the power of the Holy Spirit is, is literally blowing. The wind of God is Pentecost every day. The Pentecost is actually present in the church on a daily basis. And the, the gift of tongues, what happens on, on Pentecost, right? The gift of tongues goes to everybody. Prophecy goes to everybody. Words of knowledge go to everybody. Healing goes to everybody. The assignment to awaken the army of the Lord is upon everybody. Right? Everybody's flying to Portland. Everybody's flying to Chicago. Everybody's going downtown Tampa. Everybody's going to Walmart because the dove came and landed on them and said, I have an assignment for you. I have an assignment for you. I have an assignment for you. We are the army of the Lord. Right? And so, you know, as I, as I pressed into the Lord about what He was showing me about the Holy Spirit, um, He starts to go down this path of you know, you know, Jesus is famous in the in the four gospels. He was either raising the sick, healing the dead, doing supernatural things, delivering the sinner, but he was confronting the religious. And he said he said these words to to the Pharisees. Um, he said, "You can sin against me, you can deny me all day long, but if you blaspheme the Holy Spirit, there is no forgiveness for you." Okay. And that word blaspheme is a, is a pretty powerful word. It actually means to misrepresent. Okay? To misrepresent the Holy Spirit. Think about that. You can, you can deny Jesus all day long, but if you misrepresent the Spirit of God, if you, if you don't let it fly free, if, if, you, if you tout it as something that is present, yet you, um, you muzzle it, you cage it, you chain it, you deny it, but yet you use it to keep the people connected, thinking that they have the Holy Spirit because they see it, but they don't see the dove flying free. They don't see the wings of the eagle. They don't see the power gifts 
literally released into the church. And that body just sitting there looking is not supposed to be looking because when the wind comes, the body literally stands up, becomes organized into an army and gets sent out of the church. Right? The true apostolic calling is not to keep people in the church. The true apostolic calling is an equipping of the body, an alignment of the body, an ascending of the body. Right? A lot of of you guys started hearing the voice of the Lord. What, What has happened in the last five, six months? You started getting sent places. You started getting assignments. You started having dreams. You started having visions. Why is that? Because the demons got blown off you. Right? The vision, the, 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 the limitation got blown off you. You got equipped because you encountered the dove. Right? The dove, you were in the presence where the dove flew free. You got prophecy. You got tongues. You got words of knowledge, you got deliverance, you got equipping, you got assignment, right? Amen? Amen. Amen. You guys okay? Yeah. Yeah. You know you're the army, right? (laughs) You're supposed to be in the army of the Lord, man! You're supposed to be in the army of the Lord! (laughs) So that's a pretty that's a pretty powerful, like when you think about it in the context, you don't hear that much from pulpits. You don't hear. You know why? Because the fear of God isn't present in many pulpits. When the fear of God is present, you will not blaspheme the Holy Spirit. You will not limit the Holy Spirit. You will let Pentecost be what attracts the people and let the people be separated by Pentecost, by the encounter of the Holy Spirit. Okay? When, when, Paul, when Paul explains it this way, the purpose of the, of the church, the body coming together, and the stage, um, in, in 1 Corinthians 14, verse 39, um, he says um, to pursue prophecy. And, he, and the next thing he says is, do not forbid praying in tongues. Do not forbid it. And the, the context of do not forbid it actually means you need tongues. The body should be praying in tongues. The body needs to be spiritual, right? The body needs the dove. They need the the the, float, the flowing power of the dove, because out of that prayer life will flow every gift of the spirit, right? The the wind coming from the the spirit of prophecy. What what is Jesus in in the in the book of Revelation? Revelation nineteen ten says that Jesus is the spirit of prophecy, right? So if, if how do you how do you get the resurrected Christ present in your church? You ultimately are the embodiment of the Holy Spirit that gives births a prayer life in you, a spiritual <coughs> prayer life that produces prophecy. So when you walking down the street and the Lord says, "Talk to Marianne," and you said, "This is the vision of the Lord for you, Marianne," because the dove is resting on you. You start speaking the word of the Lord to Marianne, and guess what? Marianne gets shaken free because that dove is unchained. Marianne's going to get unchained. And here's the revelation of, of the whole picture. Um, if, if your mind is embracing the freeness of, of the, the free-flowing power of the Holy Spirit, if, if the dove is free on you, wherever you walk, people are going to get free. Amen? Amen. Because the, the problem is never the Holy Spirit. The problem is your theology that confines, limits, and doesn't expect in the Holy Spirit. Do you ever hear? Do you ever hear what? A, you know what a cessationist is? A, a cessationist is is a theology. If you get into like a hardcore um, Southern Baptist theology that says that um, the Holy Spirit literally left the earth when the original. Uh, 12 apostles left the earth. There's no more need for it because we have Scripture. Listen, Scripture, scripture is not the dove. Okay? The, 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 the dove actually reveals the voice of the Lord present with what He wants to do. Okay? If you're searching through that Bible, where does it say man in a black shirt wearing a tie on his knees at the, at the, at the yogurt aisle um, today at 6 o'clock. Where does it say that? Okay? And so it's, it's the Spirit of God that leads the sons of God because 
they rely not on something that was written prior. They, they rely on the Lord writing today. Right? They rely on an unchained, uncaged, uncontrolled, un, you know, unlimited dove. Amen? So our ability to raise the dead, heal the sick, cast out demons is, is, not, a, is not God's not showing up. Okay? It's, it's actually the opposite. It's actually, Jesus said this to us. He said, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you can speak to this mountain, it will be removed. Right? And so, what if you're just going through, um, what, what, if your prayer, what if your prayer is a whole bunch of once and you're speaking to mountains that don't get removed? Is that God's fault or is that your fault? So how does the Lord work? How does the Lord promise He'll execute something? The Lord actually gives you vision. And if He gives you the vision, He promises He'll execute the vision. Right? In Jeremiah chapter 1, when Jeremiah is called as a prophetic voice, the Lord touches His mouth. Right? He says, I'm putting my words in your mouth. Whatever you tear down, whatever you speak, whatever you, whenever you speak what I'm telling you, you will tear down, root up, and destroy demonic kingdoms, you will build and plant the kingdom of heaven. Right? And then the Lord says, Jeremiah, what do you see? Jeremiah says, I see an almond branch. And the Lord says, you have seen well, for I will execute what I let you see. That's a picture of being led by the Spirit. Okay? So what do you pray? You actually pray what He shows you. Because what He shows you, what you when you submit your will to the Lord in prayer, and you begin to pray in the Spirit, what He shows you, He's going to do. Okay? You may have some figuring out of timing and everything, but if He shows it to you, you're, He's going to do it. So say this with me. Say, Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost. give me a vision of what You want me to pray for tomorrow morning, Sunday morning, Monday morning, Tuesday morning. Come on, Holy Ghost. Come on, Holy Ghost. I see you unchained, untied, untethered, unconfined. I see you qualified and able to release the wind. I want to see what I'm supposed to pray for and call forth in my life and then the people around me. Everywhere I go. Name. Jesus name. Amen. Amen. All right. Now I just gave you more spiritual revelation than most of you will get in a lifetime sitting in a lot of places. Okay? That's a that's a strategy for a prayer life that will change not only your life but everything around you. Okay? And so when I when I'm explaining these visions to you and these encounters and these things that happen, I always take you back to your prayer life. You know why? Because an army is awakened. Once you get prophesied to, once you get awakened, it's up to your heart to lay down everything you learned as a religious guy. You have to literally let it go. And you have to say, I'm going to trust one thing. And that is the way of the Spirit. What is the way of the Spirit? The way of the Spirit is, I mean, does He just give you the gift of tongues? That you did it one time? Or do you see the gift of tongues as a weapon? Right? The gift of tongues is a weapon. It is a, not, it is a secret weapon. It's, it's, it's a supernatural weapon. You can actually make the wind blow right now. Do you believe that? You have the ability, in, if you pray in tongues, you have the ability to get the wind blowing in here right now. The wind of the Holy Spirit. Right? You start praying. All of a sudden, the presence of God starts flooding the room. People says, I got a vision of you. I got a vision of you. I got a vision of you. Demons start flying, flying off of people. People can get, have clarity, right? They walked in with depression. All of a sudden, they're healed. They walked in like carrying trauma, anger, right? And all of a sudden, they're, it's gone, right? Why? Why is that? Because you activate the wind. Right, Paul said it this way in Jude. In uh, actually, not Paul. Jude one, uh, Jude one twenty says, "Build yourself up in your most holy emotion, praying in the Holy Spirit." 
So if you walk, if you wake up low, if you wake up and something's whispering in your ear, mm. depression's whispering in your ear, anger's whispering in your ear, fear's whispering in your ear, you gonna sit there and take it? No. No. You got a secret weapon, right? I mean, this dove turns into an eagle when you start going shabu ba se te de na bo right? Amen. Because the spirit of prophecy ultimately promises to show up to somebody who submits to the way of the wind. Amen. Amen. Say this. Say this with me. Say, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit. give me a vision. Give me a vision. How to embrace your wind. How to embrace the way of the spirit. How to release the wind. Into my home, into my family, into my workplace, into my church, into my neighborhood. Everywhere I go, I want the wind to blow. I'm going to take the confinement off the dove. You see, if you walk around calling yourself a Christian and the wind's not blowing, Whose fault is that? <laughs> right? I mean, the wind, you have the ability to awaken the wind. He gives you the gift of tongues to awaken, to, to cause the wind to blow. Okay? Okay? And so the point, the point of the vision is um, you can have, you can have um, a body talk about the Holy Spirit. Okay? And the, dove, the dove's there but it's, it's still in a cage. How do you get it out of the cage? You actually have to have a theological position that you need the supernatural gifts of the Spirit to flow throughout the body. Right? Because when the, when the, when the supernatural gifts of the Spirit flow throughout the body, guess what happens? The, theology, the theological position that's taken on the stage by the, elder, by the elders actually empowers the body to actually live in a freedom that is supernatural right if the people don't if the people just see a dove but they don't see the power of the dove mm -hmm. what's going on right the pe the people walk in and they walk out the same way they walked in yeah. they walk well, they walk in with blinders on they walk in with with limitations they walk in with an inability um, but when the dove flows free right what ha what happens when you walk into a room um, like some of the experiences we had what, what happens when you walk into a room when people are praying in the tongues for 20 minutes what happens people start people start getting deliverance people start getting healed people pe visions and equipping start start happen, start falling on people Amen? Amen. Amen. So, um, Paul said it this way. Um, I wish you all prayed in tongues even more than you prophesied. Why? Because tongues edifies you. Edification is a, is a, is a word of... It's a strengthening word. It's a, an equipping word. Um, it, it makes a person who is unable and unqualified and makes them qualified because it strength, the Lord is strengthening them. The Lord is giving them ability. Right? Um, and so the flow of, of the Spirit is actually um, a, a uh, ultimately when you get the Holy Spirit, you have a choice to use the Holy Spirit. So all of you in the last, let's say, nine months who have received the Holy Spirit, what are you going to do with it? Because that is your next step. Your next step is a walking away from old theology that confines the Holy Spirit. It shows the Holy Spirit, but confines it. And stepping into a theology realizing that it's the presence of the Holy Spirit that actually, did it deliver you? Did it empower you? Did it equip you? Do you suddenly use a gift to heal people, to deliver people that you didn't use before? Right? So what's your value system of a free Holy Spirit? And what I mean by free Holy Spirit is is tongues present in your meetings? Is prophecy present in your meetings? Are people getting healed, delivered, and set free in your meetings? Because the strategy, your mind has to match the strategy of the Holy Spirit. 
which is let the dove flow free. Right? Amen? Amen. Amen. You guys okay? You guys have deep thought? You guys, you guys are like, holy shit, man. Holy shit. Right? And, you know, I didn't really plan this night like this. It just, it's, like, it's almost like the Lord is um, bringing people to decisions. Because there's a purpose and a call on every one of your lives. Every one of you, some of you are tied to 100 people. Some of you are tied to 500 people. Some of you are tied to 1,000 people. Some of you are tied to 10,000 people. Some of you will preach to hundreds of thousands of people. Right? Come on, look around the room. There's people, there's people in here who will minister to hundreds and thousands of people. But the Lord can't use you if your mindset matches a theology that people gather together gather together and there's there's no tongues there's no prophecy there's no supernatural outpouring there's no demons cast out in front of everybody do you guys know what a closet cessationist is <laughs> you see everybody everybody it's it's the in thing in the spiritual church today or so-called spiritual church today to talk about their cessationist because they don't believe in the holy spirit and we're not well that's not really true a closet cessationist is somebody who talks about the Holy Spirit but doesn't demonstrate its power in public. You're still a cessationist. Because even, I don't care if you dangle, dangle that, that dove in front of everybody and say, oh yeah, we got the Holy Spirit. Unless that dove flies free and it's, free, it's, it's allowed to fly free with a mind of its own, meaning, what do you want to do, Holy Spirit? Not what I want to do and I have the Holy Spirit. Two, two amazingly different things. It's not what I want to do and I have the Holy Spirit. It's okay, Holy Spirit, you're free. What are you asking me to do? Because when you start asking the Holy Spirit what you want to do and, and you gather together knowing that you can actually activate the Holy Spirit, come Holy Spirit, right? You start praying in tongues and you activate the Holy Spirit. People start having visions Okay, this is what the Lord wants to do. That's what the prophetic call, that's what the prophetic gifting is. Finding out what the Lord is saying. What's the Lord want to do in this room tonight? What's the Lord want to, want you to, to to function in together? Right? What's your assignment? Where are you going to go? Right? And so a closet cessationist will claim the Holy Spirit yet keep that 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 Holy Ghost in a cage, never letting tongues flow free in a public setting. Never seeing demons cast out in a public setting. Never seeing prophecy being unleashed in a public gathering place. Okay? The most important element of, of your gathering is the Holy Spirit. Why would you gather? Right? Why would you gather? Are you gathering to hear somebody articulate Scripture for you? Or are you gathering together to, to pull on the presence of the Lord to, to minister, to be the army of the Lord. Amen? So I know, that, I know this is pretty deep, but, but um, some, of you, some, of your, some of you, based on the questions, you've been, you've been calling me and saying, hey, I know you said this, but we do that. I know the, you know, the Scripture talks about this with the Holy Spirit, but why don't we do this here? Why don't we do that, Right? You're actually in a very awesome place. But you better be willing to follow the Holy Spirit out to where He's leading you. And I don't mean leave everything you, you're, you're currently in. I'm talking let Him speak to you and trust Him. Because those first steps will break you free. You, think, you don't think the Holy Spirit knows what steps He wants to order for you? If you say yes one time, you will step out of something that's confining you and into something that releases freedom. Amen. And once it's, once it's done one time, then you're like, oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! I suddenly can prophesy! Oh my gosh! I suddenly have a prayer life! Oh my gosh! He's speaking to me! Oh my gosh! Suddenly I got a stage and I get to witness! 
right? I get to testify, right, Sarah? Come su- suddenly, I, I, I didn't pray in tongues, I didn't prophesy, and now I'm given this stage to minister and testify and release the vision of the Lord on bodies of people. How's that happen? Because when you get baptized in the Holy Spirit and your prayer life gets activated and you start to hear them, the next big step is obedience. Whether it feels good or not, obedience. It comes down to obeying the voice. Okay, a religious guy can look at Scripture and they can feel condemned because they don't match a sinless life. That's not, that's not what makes you righteous. What makes you righteous, how, how was Abraham made righteous? Abraham believed the voice he followed the voice, and the voice made him righteous. He obeyed the voice. Okay? Christ, whether you believe what Christ did on the cross um, or not, He still accomplished. He took sin to the grave. He took sin to the grave. Your sin is in the grave. Okay? But when you are a resurrected in Christ, you begin to walk like Christ because you have a, a dove nest that is now filled with the dove. He rests on you and that dove begins to speak and lead you out and in and into and away from and because He's got a plan to set you free, not only set you free, but equip you in the process of setting you free. Amen? Amen. I mean, that's a, it's just like, can it be that simple? Yeah. You know, the, you know what they did in the early church? The early church didn't have all these big administrative things. They didn't have, they didn't have none of it. They got baptized in the Holy Spirit, okay, in the upper room. They began praying in tongues. They then began to prophesy. They got so intoxicated with what the Lord is saying, they got drunk in the Spirit. They poured out onto the street, and the presence of the Lord was so powerful, 3,000 people come to the Lord, right? And then it says that they sold everything they had, and they started gathering in homes, hearing the Lord together, and going. And the first thing they did when they brought people in was they get them baptized in the Holy Spirit, cast out their demons, get them to hear the voice of the Lord and follow. It's as simple as that, right? They, 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 and this army is sent out into the world. And only when it got so big and it became to be administratively controlled and the people stopped following the Spirit because it was confined in a big organizational structure, only then... Did it, did it become to be misrepresented and tilted back to just what words on paper are instead of those who walk with the dove? Amen? And this all goes back to the beginning. <laughs> Is your dove nest full um, or, or are you deaf, dumb, and blind spiritually? It's, 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 you know, it's, it's a tough question, but it's, it's a real question. right? And just because you were baptized in the Holy Spirit three years ago doesn't mean your nest is full. Right? Because when your nest is full, um, when, when that dove is resting on you, the blind, your, your blindness goes, your deafness goes, right? And the people around you begin to see. Amen? Right? How many people have you witnessed to and prophesied to and got filled with the Holy Spirit just in, just in the last four or five months? A bunch. Right? You start prophesying. Prophecy starts flowing out of you. Right? Supernatural stuff starts flowing out of you. Amen? So, have I convinced anybody yet? Anybody everybody okay? Everybody getting a revelation? You might be keeping your dove in a cage. Yeah? Any, can, can I lead you through a prayer? Just say this. Say, say, Father, in the name of Jesus. I repent in every way that I kept your Holy Spirit in a cage. I give you every theology, every confinement, every fear, every inability that caged your dove. I ask for repentance, Lord. And I ask for for your grace to give me a supernatural next level chance. An assignment that the dove would rest on me. And I would pray in your spirit 
that I would dream your dreams. That I would see your visions. And I would release your supernatural power. In the name of Jesus. You know, Jesus said in Acts 1.8, He said, when you stay and you receive His power, it's a symbol of a prayer life waiting for the wind to blow on you. He said, you would receive power. And you would be my witness, first in Judea, then in Samaria, then to the ends of the earth, right? Because you grow, you, you believe, you grow, he, 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 he equips you to do things locally, then He leads you to do supernatural things that grow and grow and grow. Amen? Thank you for joining this week's episode of the School of the Holy Spirit. For more information or to request David at your church or conference, please go to davidcuppet.org. D-A-V-I-D-C-U-P-P-E-T-T dot O-R-G or fivestoneministries.org. You can also find the School of the Holy Spirit podcast on iTunes, Spotify, and Charisma Magazine. For a deeper dive into the Holy Spirit, we encourage you to purchase David's new book entitled Wisdom-Filled Warriors, available on Amazon. We pray that you will encounter the Holy Spirit in a transforming way and become all that Christ has prophesied over your life.